is Making Stitches and this time I'm taking you with me to the first ever Great Northern Textile Show which happened in Manchester last weekend. It's been a really dreary day outside today and you come into the hall and there's just this colour and energy and creativity and it really makes kind of the world just feel a better place. The lady who's just there now just has never knitted and picked up a pair of needles and I've just given her three uh, sets of needles and she's like squealing away. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so we've set her on her journey and hopefully next year she'll be wearing a hat and a scarf when she comes. It's an interesting mix and I think because so many of us do more than one hobby and possibly even more by the end of the day, I think it is, it's great to have something that caters to a bit of a wider field and it's a surprise for people I think when they come along and see something that, I don't know, like knitting or crochet or felting something they've perhaps done in the past and suddenly they can be introduced to it again and find out that it's still quite cool and there's all sorts of interesting stuff around it. I think it's ace. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay, a lifelong crafter, a crochet designer and journalist. I love to hear people's stories and in each episode of Making Stitches I like to share creative chats with inspiring makers and my word there was plenty of inspiration at the Great Northern Textile Show last weekend. If you caught the last episode of Making Stitches with artist, printmaker and dyer Tracy Fox you'll know that this show was an idea which just wouldn't go away for Tracy so she had to get on and do it. Manchester is a city built on textile known as Cottonopolis during the Industrial Revolution. Tracy thought there was a real need to have an event to showcase some of the amazing talent there is in the region. You'll be able to hear from Tracy later on in the episode, but first, here's a flavour of what was on offer to visitors from vendors and craftspeople selling their own products to guilds and organisations representing a wide range of different disciplines. First of all, I spoke to the Eccles-based artist Leah Higgins about her work and her beautiful exhibition of art quilts. I am an art quilter. I print and dye all of my own fabrics. I then chop them up and put them back together again, so I am still a patchwork and quilter. A lot of my inspirations are based on our industrial heritage and our surroundings and there is a wealth of material in Manchester. Um, so I have pieces based on cotton mills and on mines and, and lots of um, local history, if you like. But I also produce quilts based more on my emotional response to things. Um, and my most recent work, which is the Cadence series, is really just about the joy of making rather than having a very specific inspiration um, they came out of the uh, lockdowns when all inspiration just flew out my head and i didn't know what to work on so i just worked on things i loved doing and the cadence series has has come from that that's wonderful well that's a very good place to start Thank isn't you. it <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about your dyeing process and, and, and how you do so it? a lot of the time i am printing my fabrics so i start with white fabrics i'm using um, procyon reactive dyes which means the fabric i print is completely wash fast so i use it to make my lovely wall hangings but you can use it for bedding clothing etc um, I work a lot with different screen printing techniques but the one that I use most is a technique called breakdown printing and 
I use breakdown printing because there is a serendipity to it, a randomness and organicness to it, which I love because I'm actually rather a control freak. And I love the fact that some of it is taken out of my control. So with the breakdown printing process, you actually start with thickened water-based dyes. You put dye onto the back of a silk screen, you let it dry, and then when you print that screen, um, the dye basically wets out and transfers to the fabric and you can't control that bit. So I can control the colours I use and I can bias towards different types of marks but ultimately I get a piece of fabric which is densely marked in a way that you could not achieve any other way. How interesting. So it is a very organic Absolutely. process. Absolutely. And I believe in addition to being an artist yourself and producing your own fabric, you, you actually teach. I do. I am lucky enough to have my own studio and I started teaching uh, about four years ago, um, pre-pandemic. Um, and I teach small classes, up to six students, a lot of screen printing techniques, but I also do things on dyeing and other ways of, of, of basically adding colour and mark to cloth. Um, I also do workshops based a little bit more around the design process, um, but that, those are really for, for students who maybe they've done some dyeing and printing, but they just need some help to get ideas out of their head onto fabric. Um, and, and so the process is very one-to-one -one when I run those classes. How lovely. And today's a special day, isn't it? The first ever Great Northern Textile yeah. Show. What's yeah. it like to be here? It's really good. I've known Tracy for quite a few years um, and I was absolutely delighted when she invited me to exhibit here and I think she's done an absolutely amazing job. Um, long overdue. There are so many textile people in and around Manchester in the northwest, and we need a show. And I think it's an amazing that the collection of people she's got here, the galleries, the, the traders. Um, yeah, I look forward to doing it again next year. Craftspeople and vendors from a wide variety of disciplines were at the show with stands showcasing their work. From sewing machines for quilters to hand-dyed yarns, craft supplies to real works of art, there was so much to see. Here are just a few of the exhibitors I spoke to. Hi, I'm Louise from Sincerely Louise. Hello Louise, it's lovely to meet you. I have been a big admirer of your work on Instagram over the years oh, and it's lovely you. to see you and... and uh, yeah, in real life. Indeed, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so how, what's it like being here today for the first ever Great Northern Textile Show? Yeah, it's really exciting. It's always nice to be asked to come to a fair, especially when it's the first one. I love Manchester and it's, yeah, it's just great to be at the show. Your stand's looking fabulous, by the way. I don't know how, because we got here with... 45 minutes to set up but we managed it yeah it's not far from Sheffield but somehow we everything went wrong but against all odds we've made it we set up and yeah, having a great time and how's it been so far have you done a brisk trade yeah it's been really good really busy yeah we've sold lots of kits knitting patterns and some books fabulous so for anybody who doesn't know you and your work can you tell me a bit about it so I specialise in taxidermy-inspired knits, kits, patterns, books. I like designing things that make people smile. I use a lot of comedy in my work, and when people come to the stall, I just love when their faces light up, they've got a big smile from seeing my work. I'm Holly Palmer, and I own Planet Quilts. So today, yes. what's it been like for you? It's been amazing today. Um, it's been really busy. Um, everyone's been so enthusiastic. 
Um, I'm really pleased everyone's liked the quilts that I've bought, so it's been fantastic actually. And talk, can you talk me through a bit about what you've got here on your stand? Yeah, yeah. Planet Quilts is um, quite unique in that we do pre-loved fabric. So somebody's kind of old stash that maybe they've kind of, the taste have changed, I go and source and then bring it to the market for £6 a metre. So people have been going absolutely crazy for that because there's real gems in there and it's such good value. Um, and then on the flip side, I do absolutely um, brand new fabric that's really high quality. So I've got the sustainable part, but actually it's then some really nice nice high quality fabrics so that if you're going to do a quilt you know and put all the effort in you want it to be absolutely brilliant and amazing so yes and last and patterns as well yeah so I've been been quite keen to source patterns from Canada and America things that you just can't get here mm. so I've been um, yeah putting a lot of effort and time into that and have you had a good response from the visitors? Yes, yeah, people, especially, they've been really interested in the patterns because they haven't seen them before. The pre-loved, as I said, was, was going crazy first thing. Um, and then the, the quilt that I've bought is quite um, bold with the colours and I've bought all the bolts of fabric and people have been buying them with so many different um, kind of creative thoughts in mind, some pictorial quilts, some kind of, you know, block quilts. So that's been really interesting. I'd love to see everything everyone makes with them now. <laughs> I can imagine that's something that you come across a lot when you hear yes, people's inspiration. Yes, yeah, you, you, you know, it's rare that, well, with social media, you do get to see finished items, but um, sometimes you, you don't and you just let it go into the world and, and let someone create something magic. Oh, how lovely <laughs> to be able to aid people's creativity in such a way. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's a real privilege, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it is, and just such lovely fabric. And it's been a really dreary day outside today. And you come into the hall, and there's just this colour and energy and creativity. And it really makes kind of the world just feel a better place. Got it in one. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm Ian Fothergill from the Knitting Gift Shop. We, uh, we specialise in gifts for knitters. Um, and we sell lots of uh, knitting kits. Um, all of our patterns are designed by Trish, uh, my wife Trish. Um, we, uh, we buy our own wool, we, uh, we have some spun, we dye it ourselves, uh, and we make it up into little uh, hampers and, and gifts which people buy for themselves or as gifts for, for other people. Um, this time of year, uh, we've got all of our Christmas uh, decorations which people buy. Uh, and shows like this, which are a sort of multi-craft, uh, we do well because even if people don't knit, uh, they'll buy a gift for somebody else. So, uh, Absolutely. So it's been, yeah, it's been really good. And been I think really a lot of people who are here today are, can be quite easily turned into a new craft. Yeah, well, that's right, <laughs> Something yeah. Something catches your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do, um, when, when Trish designs the patterns, um, she does it with uh, beginners in mind. Um, we do a lot of kits which uh, are fairly easy knits which anybody can sort of start with. And then we do kits which are more intermediate, uh, you know, for, for, for more people who have more skill. Um, but, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've done really well to deal with people, especially buying the little Christmas decoration kits, you know, for all the people, so it's been, yeah, it's been good. Fabulous, so it's, it's the first Great Northern textile show. Yeah, well, I'd like to think there was more because um, the, the, the little one-day shows for us, we, we've, we've traveled down from Durham, which is, uh, we stopped at the hotel, so doing a one-day show is always a little bit of a risk because you never know uh, how many people are going to be there, you know, what you're going to make. But the footfall has been really, really good today, uh, and it's half past one, there's still a hall full, so, you know, we're happy. I'm Tanya Hardman, I run the Woolly Tangle. Okay, and you've got a beautiful stall here. Your, <laughs> Thank you. Your yarn is stunning. Thank you. How's it been today? 
It's been really busy. It's been a really good day. They've done a fabulous job considering it's the first time they've run. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> fabulous. So you've had uh, brisk sales then? Uh, yep, yep, definitely. <laughs> That's great to hear. So are you a, a, a show regular? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do quite a lot. Mm. Um, too many, possibly. <laughs> They're good fun, but they are hard work. I can imagine, <laughs> but probably quite hard to turn down if you get the opportunity. Yes, definitely. And do you dye the yarn yourself? I do, yep. I have a very colourful utility room. I'm not neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I think if you're creative... It no. just doesn't necessarily go, does it? No, 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 no. It's creativity, not mess. <laughs> Indeed. So can you tell me a bit about your work? Um, yeah, so I, I used to be a professional gardener uh, many years ago. So I take a lot of my inspiration from the natural world, from plants, from flowers. Um, I live across in North Wales, so I have mountains and sea and beach and all those lovely things. So I take all that and put it on yarn. More or less, <laughs> in a nutshell. Well, it looks absolutely beautiful. So Thank you very much. Congratulations on a lovely stall and Thank you. good luck with the rest of the day. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. I'm Tilly Flop Designs. My name's Julie. Hello, Julie. It's lovely to meet you. How's today been for you? It's actually been um, a real surprise, a real joy. I, it's the first non-yarn, purely yarn show I've done. And um, as, a, as, a, as someone who knits and sews and crochets and likes textile stuff anyway it's it's been a real treat and it's lovely reaching and meeting new people that haven't been to if you like your typical yarn show which is where I would normally exhibit at um, so it's been lovely really really nice really I'm really excited by it and quite inspired by the other vendors <laughs> well I know it's it's quite dangerous coming to places oh. like this isn't it because all of a sudden yes. you acquire new hobbies that you didn't know you, you do <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's a good job I'm in a big car because it might be a bit fuller going home than it should be <laughs> But no, I love it. It's really, it's really exciting, and I think it's a really, um, it's an interesting mix. And I think because so many of us do more than one hobby, and possibly even more by the end of the day, I think it is. It's great to have something that caters to a bit of a wider field, and it's a surprise for people. I think when they come along and see something that I don't know, like knitting or crochet or felting, something they've perhaps done in the past, and suddenly they can be introduced to it again and find out that it's still quite cool and there's all sorts of interesting stuff around it I think it's ace Indeed. yeah and on such a high level as yeah. well oh it's, it's just some of the stuff's beautiful isn't it's, it it's it's absolutely um well totally inspiring totally inspiring I mean the exhibition here is it's just uh, yeah I, it's breathtaking I love it I love it yeah <laughs> I take it you'll be coming back next year well then. I hope it's going to happen again next year because this is the first one obviously I really really hope so because it's um yeah, it's very local as well, which I'm very spoiled by, but um, I hope it does, because I think it's definitely a hole in the market for this kind of show, and, and Tracy seems to have nailed it, and I think um, hopefully word of mouth will spread spread the news as well, and I think um, people will be really excited by it. Definitely, because yeah. I mean, Manchester has been lacking something like this. It has, it has. I mean, I can't think of the last... I mean, it does very, it's very good at craft and makers markets, but something that's specifically textile, especially being in Manchester, home of cotton industry and the Industrial Revolution, I think it's it's yeah it's, it's the ideal spot. So I think um, we should definitely have something like this, and hopefully next year it might even dare I say go up to two days. Uh, really good. <laughs> 
Oh, that might be, yeah, a bit, bit greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, oh, it's, I think it's ace. I think it's, um, it's fantastic. Alongside the vendors invited to the show was a range of crafts guilds. Visitors were given the opportunity to try their hand at some of the crafts on display, from knitting and crochet, patchwork quilting, weaving and spinning, as well as learning the basics of felt making. Felt is being made with fleece from sheep and soap and water and friction. What you can hear now is the friction of the rolling of the felt. Um, it has been soaked and sprayed with water um, and it's an ancient uh, craft that was in the pyramids many, many years ago. Um, and it was the, um, the monks in the Middle Ages who used to walk from abbey to abbey um, and pick the fleece off the bushes and put them into the sandals so that they wouldn't be cold. And the friction of the movement of the foot on the fleece and the rain caused them to have felt in soles. That's amazing. <laughs> I used to lecture on felt. Um, no, it's um, what you can what you can see now that's happening is it's got to be rolled uh, 50 times each way, top, bottom, side, side, and it's got to be turned over and felted again in the same way. And each time it shrinks a little more and a little more, so that something just a bit smaller than that to start off with, and something like that at the end. So it shrinks a great deal. Um, and uh, it's hard on the hands, but if you use you know proper lanolin soap, it's good for you, <laughs> sort of. But uh, but no, it's it's about a minute. Everybody says it's time-consuming, but it isn't, because once you start there, you're miles away. <laughs> you're thinking of other things, or you're thinking of the end product. My name's Ali Rose, and I'm one of the regional coordinators for the International Felt Makers Association, as is my friend Leslie, and um, Leslie King. And we organise workshops and encourage people to join to find out more about felting. About it, isn't it? Tell me about felting. Oh, well, it's wool at the stage before it gets spun into knitting wool, and you layer it in different layers, and you soap and water, and it becomes a fabric. And you can do, as you can see, so many different things with it, from fine, fine work to big, heavy-duty coats, hats, you know, boots and what have you. Or you can do really fine scarves and things. Can't whatever you like, you can make. And the head, the headgear. <laughs> I know that's an amazing. The stuff that you've got here on display, penguin's head. Yes, I did that for. Um, there's a lady who's doing a group of head things for um, a, a display of animals that are going extinct. So you have to have your animal head with a bit about why it's going extinct and what. And she's going to do it as a travelling exhibition eventually. Fabulous. So yes. Yeah, so, took a long time. I can, I can only imagine yes. <laughs> all the layers and the colours yes. that you've had to build yes. up to create that. Yes, it did take a long time, but it was great fun. How I did you it. get into felt? Completely accidentally. <laughs> I went and did a city in Gills in upholstery, and one of the tutors was a felt maker, and she just, anybody fancy learning how to do that? Me, me please. And I've been doing it for 15 years now and I love it. It's so versatile 
and it's not an expensive hobby. You don't need a lot of expensive equipment to start off with, so it's great. Wonderful. Really and good. What are you doing here today then? I can see. We've, I've been table. demonstrating. Um, I'm in a break. <laughs> um, yes, I'm demonstrating, showing people how to do it and what what you can do with it, and um, just demonstrating some of the stuff. Some of this I've made, some of this other women have made. And um, we have a group in Frodsham, which is not far. So encourage people to come along and learn about it. It's a, grow- it's a growing craft, this. Absolutely. Really, yeah, it's great fun. And have you had a good response from the visitors? Yes. Had a go? Yes, we've absolutely we've been heaving. I've got a few people who want to come and do workshops with me, which is great. Um, and, yeah, we've been busy all day. So I'm exhausted. <laughs> I can well imagine. Yes. It's been quite a crowd of people here today. It's been, I mean, it's thinning out now, but most of the day it's been really busy. It's good. I've not been here before. Yeah. No one is the first one. Yeah. No, it's a nice, it's a nice venue. Absolutely. So, yeah. A nice crowd of visitors. Everybody's yes. so generous and yeah. friendly, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And they've also everybody's been really pleased that we've allowed them to touch things and look at because a lot of people are like, oh, you can't touch it. Feel it, see what it's like, see what because that's how you get people to be interested. Indeed, it's quite so, a tactile craft, though. It well. is, yeah, it is. And you're not going to damage it by you know, just take a pair of scissors to it, Heaven forbid. <laughs> exactly. Other than that, you're not going to damage it, so it's fine. Yeah, well, it's that's good. Wonderful. It's been lovely to speak to you well, and, and find out much. more about felting. Good. Hope we get a few more recruits. <laughs> what should people do if they want to find out? About um, Google the International Felt Makers Association and online they can see where their regions are, where there are different groups and just contact the um, I don't know, press officer, I presume they'll point them in the right direction. I'm Caroline and I am from the Montague Patches group that meet in Sale. Oh lovely, so you're all patchwork quilters then? Yes, we are all patchwork quilters. Um, and it's a group that has been running since the 80s so it's a really old group and um, we're here today to show our work and it's specifically what we've done in lockdown so um, obviously we, we stopped meeting and for patchworkers it's, um, it's lovely sewing can be a solitary activity so getting together with other people and sharing the craft and knowledge is really really important so it was very difficult when lockdown happened so um, Carol, who's our um, lovely chair lady, learnt how to use Zoom and lots lots of our older members didn't know how to use it so we, we helped and everybody managed to do Zoom but we started to do challenges to help push ourselves as quilters but keep us together as a community. So um, they sent out photo uh, pictures every three weeks and we each person could take a display different inspiration from the pictures so that was lovely because everybody just took something completely different so that's what we've got here today and we always do a Christmas challenge as well so our Christmas challenge is up and uh, just some UFOs so we've bought it today to tell people about us and um, and show our work and it's absolutely stunning the backdrop if only people could see what I can see from this angle it's just stunning art quilts behind you on thank the wall. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's fantastic. We've just got a new member who's joined us who's, who's just brand new to quilting and then we've got some ladies that have been doing it 50 plus years. Wow. So the breadth of knowledge and 
what we all everybody likes something different everybody will use different color it's always the thing if you give somebody the same pattern you'll end up with different things from everybody because everybody's got different ideas so it's it's lovely and it's a great group for sharing because I've, I've started knitting socks and Margaret's here today saying oh well I'll tell you what I'll help you do the heel next time and things like that so it's just fantastic that's the joy of crafty people though I think they're very generous very generous with their knowledge their time and and just it's the enthusiasm it's that passing on of knowledge and particularly some of these crafts you're looking at are very very old crafts um and it's just to pass pass it on down and and it's brilliant it's just fantastic which is why these events are so important because i've seen people that i haven't seen in ages we've passed oh this course is good and have you tried that and try this and it's brilliant it's brilliant so what are you doing here today then? Are you here specifically to try and bring new people into your group or is it just a case of showcasing what you've done? It's both. It's both. We want to showcase and show what our members have done because um, what our members do is awesome. Um, and we also want to tell people about Montague Patches because, um, you know, these groups are important and they keep going through having new members and new people coming in. So we wanted, we've got a sign-up sheet and we've got people who, you know, might come along and try us and things like that. So that's really, really important to keep different people coming in people move away from the group and things like that and, and it, it just only works if you've got that turnover absolutely so uh, you said you've got somebody new signed up today have you yes we've got several names on our list very exciting of people who just want to learn a bit more about it i'm currently trying to revamp our website as well um, which is something very new to me and <laughs> so we're trying that but yeah so we're just getting the word of our group out there um but it's fantastic that we've been asked because we're you know opposite all the guilds and things like that but it's just a, another place for patchworkers to to come and if somebody wants to find out about your group what should they do um they can go on our website montague patches if you just google montague patches sale um there's contact details on there and you can get in touch with us we've also got a facebook group as well um that you can join um so you can get in touch with us well i'm liz carrington the chair of the north cheshire guild of weavers spinners and dyers what are you doing here today liz uh, we're demonstrating uh, skills of spinning, weaving, not dyeing, although we have got examples of dyed yarn. Uh, we've got three different types of spinning wheels, one very basic without a foot treadle, and my friend is spinning uh, from cotton wool balls, so very short fibres, but with an old-fashioned spindle wheel you can make a thread. Um, we've also got different types of weaving frames, and looms so I'm using a yarn shifter which is um, a square frame that uh, I only need one ball of yarn so instead of starting with your warps going one way and the weft that you wiggle over and under on a traditional loom I can just use one thread but I've got to weave over and under and pull it I'm weaving round in a, a like a square going round and round smaller and smaller but we also have a very simple peg loom and um, that is set up so that two people can work on it at the same time. And it's a very simple type of weaving to make something quite chunky like a cushion pad. And down at the end, um, a rigid heddle loom, which is a smaller version of a traditional loom where you're separating your odd and even warps so that you can feed a shuttle through with the weft. 
So that's like a, it, a mini version of, some, of what you visualise as like almost yes, an industrial uh, kind yes, of Yes, 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 yes. I mean, weaving basically, you usually have either a frame, so you have the main thread stretched over, and then your weft is the one that you wiggle over and under from side to side. So with tapestry weaving, a simple frame, you can make curves and shapes because you're using lots of different threads and bobbins. But on a, a little loom or even a large loom, very often you're working in straight lines. So it's, it, you can manipulate it, but it's very often checks or stripes or something plain. And it won't be stretchy like a knitted cloth. Now, have you had a lot of people coming up to have a go and find out more today? Yes, we have, yes. It's, it's quietened down a little now, um, but it has been, I think, very successful. And a lot of people are quite surprised by how many different versions of a loom or a spinning wheel um, that we have. Um, so I, I think it's been very encouraging and, and I think several visitors will probably come and uh, join us on the fourth Saturday of the month to see what we do at our Spinning Guild meetings, um, which will be very exciting. So we, we, we get new members, but um, we also sort of get a chance for people to have a little go. Yes, well I have to say the square loom that's in front of you, I've never seen anything like that before in my no, life. No, um, you, you can buy what they call pin looms and they're usually quite small, they could be four inches square, a little um, wooden frame with a hole in the middle and then pins all the way round and uh, you again use it like I'm using my larger version with, with one thread but it's, um, it's the case of wiggling over and under so um, this is this is in theory very straightforward but when you're doing your wiggling over and under um, if you make a mistake it's, it's easy to undo but it's very easy to get distracted I'm sure and, uh, make a mistake so 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 the idea is I'm using a long needle um, come crochet hook to pull a loop through and that will weave up at either side. It, uh, it does come un unhitched occasionally. So It's a bit frustrating when you can't see it. It's probably quite hard to visualise. Yes. But um, I'm, instead of going from side to side, I'm in effect weaving up and down on each side because I've pulled a loop through, but I've wiggled over and under as I've pulled it through. And, and the yarn but, you're using is variegated, so it makes um, it like it tartan. Is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a cheats tartan. Uh, I'm weaving squares. My two squares that I've finished are not the same size because one has been more enthusiastically washed in hot water to shrink it a little. Ah. It's from a, a Jacob fleece. So Jacob sheep, quite small, they're generally creamy coloured but with brown splodges. And when you get a bit older, the brown goes a bit grey. So I've got grey-brown, dark brown and cream, all from one fleece. And when I spun it, I separated the colours. I did uh, my carding, made little rolags, like little woolly sausages. And I spun the, the yarn as a single thread. But then instead of plying two together, 
Navajo plied, which is pulling it through in a series of loops, like doing a huge crochet chain. But as it's twisted together, you get a three-ply yarn. And because I've spun a block of cream and then a block of brown and then a block of dark brown um, and then it's all twisted back on each other, you, you get a variegated yarn. So it's a bit random. I don't know what's exactly in the middle of this ball, but one big ball will easily do you a square. Um, and if you run out, you'd have to knot it and uh, weave it in at the edges. But usually I try and avoid doing that. That's so amazing. You can do a cheeks tartan. It doesn't match up, but the eye doesn't really notice. No, no. <laughs> so I'll stitch them together and make a, a throw or something. That's marvellous. So you've seen this through from fleece yes. to finished, finished yes. products. I'm a bit lazy these days. I, I don't really like preparing fleece too much so I, I often buy um, perhaps silk fibres or um, something that's blended already um, the work's already been done for you um, so yeah it's very satisfying working from the, the fleece but I also like uh, experimenting with cotton and silk and other fibres Oh, wonderful. Well, Liz, it's been a joy to speak to you and absolutely fascinating. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. We are the Yarn Addicts of Manchester and we're the Manchester branch of the Knitting and Crochet Guild UK. Well, it's lovely to meet you and can I just remark on what beautiful headgear you have? <laughs> thank you. The unicorn has been around for a few years now, uh, but the parrot... Recent addition to the club. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit warm. I can imagine indoors, yeah. I'm warm without a hat. <laughs> but it has, got, it has got people talking it and has. smiling and that was the whole purpose. So Wonderful. So tell me a bit about your organisation, what you do. So I set the group up in February 2015. I'd been crocheting for about six months and got totally addicted. Couldn't find a group anywhere that wasn't meeting in a church hall, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, and I work full-time and you know, just couldn't find anywhere. And I thought, instead of moaning about not being able to find a group, why don't I just set up the group that I want to attend? So we have about 500 members. Uh, we meet a couple of times on a Saturday a month, once on a Thursday. We do yarn trips. We worked all through Covid on Zoom and had, what do we do, afternoon tea parties, afternoon tea parties quizzes, quizzes, cocktails, it was um, wonderful. So we're, in, we're primarily a knit and natter group, um, part of being the Manchester branch for the Guild is to promote the craft, to keep it active in, you know, people think it's a dying art but it's, it's really not. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, when we had our old venue we would get 55 on a Saturday. So, and we've got such a broad age range from, well, my niece who's 15 up to 17. 70s, yeah. And everybody, it's not young in one corner, old in another corner. We're a really inclusive, happy crafting community. Well, how lovely. And I can see you've got a table set up over there and there are people who are clearly being taught to knit yes. for the first time. So is that part of your role as well? It is. It's to try to help people, even people who can knit or crochet and think, how do I do this heel in a sock? Can someone show me? And there's always someone on hand to um, just help you with your stitching, isn't it? Or a bit of extra knowledge. But it's great to try and share it and bring new people in as well, which the lady who's just there now, 
just has never knitted and picked up a pair of needles and I've just given her three uh, sets of needles and she's like squealing away. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so we've set her on her journey and hopefully next year she'll be wearing a hat and a scarf when she comes. She might have her own unicorn by <laughs> she, then. She might yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> well that's so nice that you're able to spread the joy because unless you've got somebody in your inner circle of friends or within your family to show you you've just got kind of YouTube and, and yeah. fumble your way through yeah. but to be able to sit down with somebody who knows the ropes it, it, yeah it's so much nicer to do it in person isn't it I, I always remember when we met because we're meeting Waterstones in their cafe and somebody came in and when we had like 55 pre-covid and she stood in the doorway and she looked round and she's like you can do this with other people and she she called it her dirty little secret <laughs> because she knitted at home on her own and didn't think it was a social thing but actually it's the most social thing you can do really because you have a way in to chat to people even if you're nervous shy you can just start with what are you making you're not on a big stage of having to chats and you can just talk about your knitting and your crochet and it's such a door opener and a way in for people. Absolutely and especially in this day and age when we've got social media and we can share what we're making yeah, can't we? It definitely. can be much more, it's not, it doesn't have to be behind closed doors and everybody else be oblivious to what you're doing. Exactly. Well you can see all the stuff Ca Carrie's probably made half of the things on our store. <laughs> but Carrie is a one woman crochet Yes, I am. So how did you get into crochet, Carrie? Uh, I, was, I was bored one day at work and thought I needed a new hobby. So one of the girls that I sat next to, she did knitting. And I was just like, I'll do crochet. So spent a few weeks doing the videos and, and buying some hooks and, and yarn. And then obviously once I got into it, made a few things. I decided to try and find a group and that's when I found Helen's and I've been going over six years now. So wow. That must be brilliant. We've been, we were all away last week, was it last weekend, the weekend before? We have an annual retreat where we hire a big house and Carrie and I and two others have been to Iceland and wow. so it's you know, it starts as one thing. You come for a come for a bit coffee, of a, and Yeah, don't before you know it you've the, got friends you've you know, the best friends you could have. So we did the Manchester Flower Show last year and they asked us to come back again this year. So our names out there a little. It's quite, it's quite nice when we get contact to say we've heard about you from this person. Can you help us with this? And yeah, it's quite good. Random requests. Yeah. I did have. I think it is it Dominic Littlewood. Who oh, yes. I was asked if I could make him a sausage dog for a program he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get very random yeah. requests, but it's all part of the fun. Absolutely. So if anybody's interested in getting involved, what what should they do? We are on the social meetup social networking website which is www.meetup.com and the group name is the Yarn Addicts of Manchester and that's where we host all our events um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram we do keep them closed just because it's nice to not have 5,000 people in a group that you'll never meet everybody in our group it's a safe space it's a safe community and they're all part of our meetup but yeah that's where you can find us you'd be very welcome to join now, of course, the whole show would not have happened had it not been for Tracy Fox coming up with the idea in the first place and then bringing all these people together. I managed to find Tracy towards the end of the day's events for a couple of minutes to reflect on how the first ever Great Northern Textile Show had gone. Tracy. Hello. Here we are. We spoke we are. before the big day. 
Yes, we did. We're heading towards the end of the show now. How's it been? Um, Tiring. (laughs) It's been a hell of a lot of hard work, but the feedback from visitors and from exhibitors have made it all worth it because I had a lot of boxes to tick for this show in terms of promoting local groups and local talent, um, both on the exhibitor side and you know on the, the people selling their work. And, and I think that's been achieved if the feedback is to be believed. So I'm really grateful for all the exhibitors and the visitors for making an idea that wouldn't go away come to fruition. How does it feel though to have, have seen this through? You said to me it was this idea that was bouncing around for ages and ages and eventually you just had to seize, seize the moment and now here we are you've done it um i think it's probably too soon for me to appreciate um what's been achieved today i think once everything's packed away and i have time to reflect on it i think that's probably when i will think yeah that was really good (laughs) so um I'm, I'm really, really grateful. I can't stress that enough. I'm really grateful for, you know, just yourself for introducing me to podcasts um, and for, you know, all the exhibitors. Because some of them, you know, I didn't know. I approached them after I'd done some research to invite them to be part of the show. So I'm really grateful for everybody's support because, you know, I'm just the organiser. It's the visitors and the ex- exhibitors that make the show. And without them, there wouldn't be one. So at the moment, my overriding emotion is gratefulness, really. Yeah, well, certainly from the people I've spoken to today, I think people felt that there was a huge gap in the market here that needed filling, and you've ticked the box. Oh, wow, that's really nice to hear, because, like I say, I had a lot of of aims for this show, and that was one of them, and to provide something more local... Um, as well so I'm really pleased that that's that's been achieved from the feedback that you've received so thank you for that that's all right well I'd best let you go because I'm sure there's still more to do before you then go and lie there down is, in a darkened room I've not even had an opportunity to shop myself yet so I, I need to get round because the, the exhibitors are such quality exhibitors I don't want to miss the opportunity to uh, to buy a few things myself so that's that's my plan for the next next half hour see if I can get round and and buy one or two things so thank you very much again Lindsay for inviting me to be a part of your podcast family and um, you know I hope I'll pass across again in the future definitely definitely thank you to Tracy and all the lovely people who I met and spoke to at the show on Sunday it was a really great event Perhaps if you missed it, you'll be joining in on the next Great Northern Textile Show, after Tracy's had a rest, of course. If you'd like to find out about the craft skills and exhibitors I spoke to, you can find links to all of them in the show notes for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who you think might enjoy it too. Or perhaps you'd be kind enough to leave me a review on your favourite podcast platform so other people can find out about making stitches more easily in future. That's all for this time, but I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another inspiring creative conversation for you. Until next time, thank you for listening, stay safe and enjoy your crafting. Oh,